Welcome to the Capitalize podcast. I'm your host, Craig West, the founder of Capitalize, and I'm going to take you through our digital platform to help you work with business owners to maximize the value of their business and successfully exit. In this episode of Capitalize Insights, we're joined by Tom Hall. Tom's from Carson Wealth, and we're going to talk about how they help business owners understand their why to help them with their how, which has intrigued me already. So, Tom, firstly, thanks for joining us and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. We might start, we'll come back to that really interesting subject line in a minute because I want to understand a bit more about what that means. But firstly, let's start with a bit of professional history and background, education, work experience, how you got to where you're at today. Well, um, I, I think it's, uh, it might be interesting to know. I'm, I'm a father of six. Uh, I'll actually celebrate my 25th wedding anniversary this year. But um, it, very early in my career, uh, my, my first wife, her name was Carrie, she, she passed when my children were three and about 18 months, my first two children. And I, and I was forced to go through the process of, of living through my own estate planning, my own financial planning. And wow. so it was just an interesting position. Certainly I was, I was 27 at the time and not, not something you would expect to have. It was a no. very unexpected sickness from my wife, but that's, um, that's been something that's kind of anchored me over the years as we, as I work with families is that oftentimes we don't, um, we don't plan for the unexpected or things that we, the, the, uh, unthinkable to happen. And so I've, I've loved helping to put pieces together. I think there's another part of this where, um, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm a, I'm a gadget aficionado. I'm a consummate tinkerer. <laughs> I love to <laughs> build things in my garage, lead to solve, solve problems. And I think that really bleeds over into the financial planning is I, I really enjoy the process of seeing a lot of pieces and then finding the the best way to put them together um, to to create a better outcome for people. So that's um, I get a little I guess a little uh, personal. I've been in uh, finance now for a little over thirty years. Uh, the last twenty years, twenty three years, I guess now. I was very much been focused in financial planning. So I started in financial right. sales back in the 1990s and was taught insurance sales. And that's that's how I kind of cut my teeth in the industry. And when I found financial planning, um, I really loved that. I loved that it wasn't, um, wasn't selling a product. It was actually around understanding who a who who an individual or a family or what their needs were and then and then customizing everything around uh, their needs with all the different pieces and so that's been a really fun part of the process and uh, had the the privilege of meeting my partner Dwayne uh, Dwayne Tony is a CPA he'll describe himself as a recovering CPA um, <laughs> that uh, we met about about four and a half years ago, and and ultimately merged our two firms, and then that's been a, that's been a really wonderful process since then of kind of taking the different strengths that we each have, and that's I think really helped to move our move our firm forward, and that kind of brings us to where we are today. And that new firm's called Carson Wealth. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so tell us a little bit more about that. That you've got a CPA and a financial planner or wealth advisor, depending on how you want to use the terminology, working together. So you're working with mainly business owners as clients? Well, our our past has been working with um, individual families. Right. And as part of that, um, we've we started working with a number of business owners and as we found more and more successful business owners, um, what we discovered is they really weren't, weren't 
set up very well. They didn't, a lot of them were very successful at building their businesses, but didn't know what to do to get out of them. Um, and that that part of their planning hadn't been really addressed. And the, oftentimes we were meeting people at the end of that process where there were a lot of missed opportunities. And so that's been, that's been a pivot over the last couple of years is, uh, as a firm of really uh, delving into the exit planning, the business continuity succession, and and really trying to work with business owners before they get to the exit, you know, in and, and, uh, our experience has been it's really damage control at that point. There's, you know, when when somebody's ready to sell, then you have limited options of of how you can maximize transferable value. You can help them accomplish their goals. You're really just kind of managing traffic a little bit, um, and so that's that's a newer area for us that we've we've actually been really excited about and, and had a few opportunities and some successes with. So it's fairly new, um, or you and the business, Carson Wealth, are fairly new in the exit planning space, but that actually comes from quite a long experience of advising clients and perhaps seeing what happens when they don't have it right, when they don't have an exit plan yeah. is what happens, as you said, yeah. cleaning up the mess. Yeah, that's uh, what's been interesting is to look at... Um, to me, when when we come into a business owner, whatever they're doing, they're the, by the time they're talking to us, they're very successful at whatever they are in, in making money. But as we all yeah. are, it's like I I don't know how to change the oil in my car. I'm sure I can figure it out, but I don't yeah. I don't really want to. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're great at their business, but they don't understand what are the tax implications. What are the options for uh, securing your key employees? Uh, what are the options for for getting a cash out? Am I doing internal or external? They're just things they haven't thought through. They didn't know where to go find the answers. So to be able to highlight those issues when they still have time and then have a runway to work with has been really satisfying. And I think it's been very comforting for the business owners as we go through that. Yeah, and certainly my experience, owners are quite happy to pay for that level of advice as soon as they understand the link between the work that you're doing today and the potential outcome. Because in reality, for a lot of those clients, the potential outcome is a $5 million sale or a $3 million transition to family or whatever it might be in terms of their exit strategy. It's quite valuable work and they're often quite happy to pay for it as long as they understand the link. Yeah, and sometimes that's that's an obstacle. I mean, sometimes people will hear a number and then that they're, they're maybe not used to paying that high of professional fees. And so they're looking at it, well, how much do mm. I pay for my estate plan or how much do I pay my CPA? But I think you're right. When you, when you start to frame that in, here's what a multiple of EBITDA increase in your sale and here's what a reduction in tax, here's the impact that has on what you actually get at the end. It's a, it's a generally a very small fraction of, of what we're able to improve in their, in their outcome. Yeah, and I think that's probably a gap that a lot of advisors <laughs> miss is, you know, I've got one um, conversation I'm having with an external advisor at the moment with a client here in Australia where they just keep sending out bills with hourly rates on them. So the client gets a bill, you know, four hours working on your succession plan, four hours at $280 is, you know, $900 something. And the client yeah. just says, whoa, what was that? What's this got to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, why am I paying for four hours of something? What did I get for it? And I just keep saying to the guys, get rid of the hourly billing. You're billing based on the value you're adding. So during that meeting, and the guy's a really good advisor, during that meeting, you added substantial value. I'm talking a couple of hundred thousand dollars in tax savings was this particular outcome, but they bill four times $228. And I just think, what are you doing? Like, what is that? So it's a real, um, I guess, a real key tip for advisors is to not focus on 
the time, which unfortunately, you know, I started in a small accounting firm here in Sydney and everything was timesheets. That's all we did. Mm -hmm. And we got hammered if we didn't fill out timesheets and clients got built on that basis because that's how that business worked. Now, that doesn't have to be the case anymore. So that transition to value-based billing is a tip for advisors, particularly in the exit space, because you can link it to quite dramatic financial outcomes, as you said. That that reminds me of a, of a story I heard years ago with someone that had a squeak in their floor and they hired a handyman and the handyman walked in the house and he walked up to the floor and walked down the floor and took out a nail and a hammer and put one nail on the floor and then gave the lady a bill for 50 bucks. And she's like, that was like a 10 cent nail. She's like, yeah, it was a 10 cent nail and it was 49.90 to know where to put it. <laughs> so yeah, That's exactly right. Yeah. And I, so I think that's, Absolutely. that's, I think that can be, um, I think that's something that can be helped with framing up front in, in setting those expectations. But yeah, if you're, if you're setting the expectations of an hourly, if here's how many hours I'm going to work and then I'm going to bill you this amount for it, then that, I, I think that could set up a, for a, a more difficult conversation than here's what we're going to provide over this period of time. And this is what the fee is. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about the sort of clients. You're typically talking about family businesses. You've got families that you're working with in terms of wealth planning. And obviously on the other side with Dwayne, the CPA, tax accounting side. What do those clients look like? What are they typically looking for help with? Uh, they look like the millionaire next door. It's, uh, I've, I think of, of one of them that's a good friend of mine that um, owns a number of businesses locally, um, uh, investable or the, the total net worth of, of a number of different enterprises is uh, north of 40 million, probably 40, 50 million, yep. somewhere in that range. But there's a lot of, um, and it's done very well in all the business enterprises, but there are some gaps in the succession. Like, how, how are you going to pass that on? And there are some businesses that uh, they're they're planning on holding on to long term, and others that they want to be able to exit out of. And so that's that's opened up, I think, an opportunity to be able to find those those pockets of either risk or opportunity that are present in 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 what they're doing right now. Mm. And typically. We find people in their 40s and 50s, sometimes 60s, but they're uh, generally founders and uh, and they're really good at what they do, um, but they're they're not uh, really clear on what their options are. I think of another uh, a gentleman uh, that that we've started working with that's aircraft mechanic and has built a business that's done really well over the years, but it's very dependent upon him. And so yes. as he's hired additional people there, he doesn't have really great systems in place, doesn't have incentive programs to keep people. And so it's, it opens up opportunities to be able to say, okay, what is it you want? What's the timeline that, that it's, that's going to happen over and then build in what has to be true in order for that to, for that to take place in that timeline? Yeah, excellent. Which is probably a good segue into your topic, which the topic you sent through to me was understanding a business owner's why to help them with their how. Tell me a bit more about what that actually means to you and, and how you're using that in the business. What that means to me, um, financial planning is not about money uh, to me. <laughs> financial planning is about uh, is about your values, my values. It's about the things that I'm passionate about are the most important. And money is simply a tool to help get those things done. And and so I think right. a lot of times people when they are when they're thinking about financial anything, it's they're they're thinking about the money that's involved. And so I try to take a step back and say, 
without worrying about the dollar figure, what's the number that you have to hit? What's what's the job it has to do? What's the purpose of those funds? And ultimately, what are you trying to accomplish? Because sometimes people will have an idea in their heads of, hey, um, I need this number. I need a $20 million exit or I need a, a 10, whatever the number is. They've got some number in their head. Like, well, what, why? What's, what's the purpose of that? And that sometimes yes. when you start to peel back the layers and you look at, okay, what do we have in fixed income sources over here? What's a reasonable income that that business could pull off? And then are we looking at internal or external? And as you start to look at the at the different options, when you understand what they're trying to do and, and why that's important to them, that really informs the strategies that um, that you might present. Where if, I've, if I'm filtering this through my values or through what I think is the smartest way to do it, yeah. that, that might not fit up with what they're trying to do. You know, I, I will run into people that are um, really focused on um, service. Maybe they want to go doing church missions when they when they retire, or they want to go uh, build the next business. Depending on what that future looks like for them, is gonna that's gonna have an impact on what types of exits and where we're we looking for cash flow. Are we looking for lump sums? What are the different tax structures that might work? And internally, what happens with their people? And a gentleman we were we're working with uh, recently has a business he's looking to exit from. He's in his mid-70s and he actually has more than enough cash flow. His only motivation is being able to transfer the business to his team members, to his employees. So it's a very right. different focus where it's it's all about how do we how do we structure this for tax impact and and it's a whole different a whole different focus because all his value is is how do I keep the company going and help my people to be able to uh, to run it and, and have it be successful. He's more he's more concerned about the legacy of the business than his own legacy. We've certainly seen that change here in Australia with the clients we work with. I just finished a doctoral thesis last year, and part of that was really looking at the difference between financial harvest. So I would say 20 years ago when I was an accountant in practice, everybody that was looking at exiting, they only asked about one thing. How much? How what much can I sell get? this for? What's this yeah. business worth? Yeah, how much can I get? And they also asked about and how much tax do I have to pay? Because yep. that was financial as well. But that was all they were really interested in. How do I get money? How much, how can I get 5 million or 10 million or whatever it is? Now what we're getting asked nearly all the time is how do I make sure the business continues after I sell? How do I make sure my employees get looked after? Like you just said, we do a lot of employee share um, plans because those people, they're not looking at a financial harvest. They're looking at a legacy type exit option. Uh, and I think it's because, and the research I did sort of shows that it's it's changed. Baby boomers, generally speaking today around the world are actually quite a wealthy generation. You know, if you bought a property here in Sydney or if you bought a property in, you know, Los Angeles or New York or anywhere else 25 years ago, which is when most baby boomers bought their home, it's now a multi-million dollar asset and you've probably paid off the mortgage or the finance. So you've actually got a reasonable amount of money already. And so 20 years ago, it was, I have to sell my business for 5 million to fund my retirement. Now it's, well, I can use a bit of extra money to fund my retirement because that'll mean a better style of yacht or a better you know, class of seat when I fly overseas or whatever it might be, but I don't need the money to retire. What I yeah. actually want is the business I spent 20 years building, I want it to keep going. Your story is exactly the same. You know, I want my employees to get looked after. Some of them have been here for 10 years. So yeah. it's quite a change. And I think your line about understanding a business owner's why to help them with their how is really an important point because we can spend all our time and effort maximizing dollar value for that particular owner you talked about. You won't meet his goals. His goal wasn't that. His goal was look after my employees first. It's quite an interesting change. I think that if I was going to have a succinct description and say we're looking at moving from a survival mindset to 
significance. It's, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about, am I going to survive anymore? It's how can I have my life work be something that has meaning and has legacy uh, yeah, behind, behind it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And that's, that's a great way to describe it. I mean, there's a big difference between survival and what you have to do to live versus significance. What is it that makes my business or my people or my legacy significant? So we've talked a fair bit about sort of what you're doing. You're new to the exit planning space. What do the next steps look like for Carson Wealth? Like what have you got planned in the next 12, 24 months? No pressure. No pressure. Um, I'm, it's, it's probably the thing I've been most excited about uh, for a number of years. And <laughs> pitch for Capitalize. One of the parts I'm really excited about with that is implementing Capitalize as a tool from within this process. What I love about that is that we've got process and we've got a very clear method. You know, you use the example of the of the client that was maybe given some pushback on on the fees that were being charged. What I love about that process is being able to to understand where they're going, build out a plan, and then have a very clear set of steps and timeline where where it's agreed upon what our focus is going to be. But not only can they see what have you done for me lately, but also what are we doing next to provide a clear path for businesses to see how to get to their why, how to get to that that exit that that meets their goals. So it's an enormous marketplace. And as we've started some initial marketing efforts have just had, a, I think, a really great response thus far. So we're excited to jump into this as uh, with a full marketing force and uh, and mm. start meeting with business owners. So we've had, a, like I said, we've had a few business owners we've already, we're already going through the process with, but it's uh, I'm really excited to be able to to jump in and use Capitalize and and other tools along with that. And I guess the other part of that is we have we have a really great network locally that has emerged. We've been able to pull in investment bankers and CPAs and M and A attorneys, but we've we've actually got a a, a really wonderful um, community in our local marketplace that we that we have professionals that we are comfortable comfortable and confident with that we can refer out to. So that's uh, that's been a fairly recent development over the last six months or so that uh, that I think will be really helpful in having us be confident in the in the other professionals that will evolve in the client process. You know, that's a good point as well. I mean, it's a very collaborative space. We've spoken about that with other people on the podcast as well. That's not possible for anyone or no one that I've met anyway that's able to do all of the exit and right. succession planning work on their own. It's just not, no one has that level of skill in legal, tax, accounting, CPA, financial advisor. You know, there's so many different disciplines. So the collaborative piece is really important. Are we going to see you guys uh, at the Exit Planning Summit in May? Are you heading over to uh, to Scottsdale? Uh, you will. And we're excited about that. Excellent. Absolutely. So first thing I want to ask you is how do people get in touch with you? What's your website and your contact details and so on if people want to find out more? Uh, website is carsonwealth.com. Um, uh, you're welcome to reach out to me uh, if you'd like directly. My email is uh, tom with an H, T-H-O-M-H-A-L-L at carsonwealth.com. And uh, we're also, you can... Uh, look me up on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook and yeah, uh, happy, happy to connect with you there as well. Okay, before we wrap up, I've got sort of three quick questions that we ask everyone that's on the podcast. So the first one is, what's your number one tip for advisors? My number one tip for advisors would be get really clear on what your ideal 10-year picture is and then back into it. So if you're clear on what it is that you want to have happen 10 years down the road, then what does that look like in five years, three years, one year, and then this next quarter so that uh, what has to be true 
three years from now, one year from now, in order to have that that long-term picture uh, happen. And the reason I like 10 years is that I think if we look at a one-year picture, we always look at one-year pictures as like a small incremental improvement, where if you look at 10 years, we can kind of dream a little bit and take off the shackles. Yeah. And then that oftentimes, at least for us, it's helped us to uncover some structural things that had to change and for that, in order for that to be true. So we're already starting to make changes now for things that'll be changing down the road. Yeah, fantastic advice. 10 years. I love it. What's your favorite business book and why? Man, this is a tough one. Do I, do I really only get one? <laughs> you can say two. No more. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. Um, so I'd say if, if you'd asked me a few years ago, I would have said The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Um, that's always yep. been one of, my, one of my favorites. Today, I would say uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy of uh, Who Not How. And that's, uh, I think that's a really great read and, and a mind shift um, for, it has been for us with our team, but also for business owners that oftentimes when we have problems, we're getting into the how, we're getting into how do I fix that? And really oftentimes yeah. the solution to the problem is not a how that we have to go figure out. It's a who that can go implement that. And, and in exit planning, that is abundantly clear that I'm not the who for many of the hows that that clients need to address, but we're all part of that team working together. So that's a, that's a great read. And if you let me pick yeah, a third fantastic. one, I'd, I'd throw one more in, but you told me only two. Go on, <laughs> give me another one. Uh, Traction, Gina Wickland. I agree with that. I went to the exit planning summit last year and uh, those guys spoke. It was absolutely sensational. That's been transformative for us. We've we've been on EOS for about three and a half of the four years we've been together, and that's that's just had a massive yeah. impact on our team. So we love uh, we love traction EOS. Fantastic. Now the last one, I'm going to put a bit of pressure on you here. Do you practice what you preach? In other words, what's your exit strategy? Have you got an exit strategy? Yes, we do. And in fact, uh, our our own firm was the first firm we put through uh, Capitalize. My partner, Dwayne, is 64. I'm 52. So we've got a little difference in, in timelines there. And for our own exit planning, we have, we have a, a business continuity plan. We have a business succession plan. But as part of that, we have hired exceptional young talent to our firm. And so we're now beginning to provide equity opportunities for them and trying to put incentive structures in place so that they'll, that will secure them. They want to be with the firm long term as they're getting smarter and smarter. And then on the other side, we've, we actually rebranded. So last year, uh, we had another name for our firm and we did an equity swap, a minority interest equity swap with Carson Wealth. And that has, um, right. that's, that's been wonderful because what that's done is it actually has tied us to, um, the RAA that we, we operate with, but has given us access to some, their M&A team, access to the advanced planning team and to their, their whole C-suite of executives that are, have a, a great interest in our own success. And so that also provides a ready opportunity where they, I mean, they're, they're, they're happy to purchase additional shares, um, when, when we're ready to do that. But, in the meantime, we're working to define and optimize our processes, make sure our finances are consistent and clean, make sure that our team is is set up with incentives. Those, you know, all all the things that we're going to be teaching uh, all the business owners to do, we're we're working on all those things ourselves uh, internally. Yeah, fantastic. So, Tom, thanks for joining us today. I think there's been a whole stack of really interesting things there, and we look forward to catching up when I'm over in the states in a couple of months' time. I'll look forward to seeing you, and uh, thanks so much for having us on. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for the Capitalize podcast. I hope you found it interesting and useful. There's a lot more resources available on our website, which is just www.capitalize.com. And if you're looking for it, it's Capitalize without the E at the end. Feel free to reach out to us if you need any further help. Thanks for joining us.